For our ministry time this morning, I'm going to have uh, Karen David come up here and speak. And uh, she makes her way up here. I was thinking about um, how I met Karen and how long I've known her. And I moved to Tacoma in 1992. And uh, our families became part of the same homeschool groups. There's about a dozen families involved with that. And so our children were homeschooled together. And one way or another, we all participated in that. Karen a lot more than I did. I know that. But um, anyway, uh, Karen's here today to share about her ministry to children, young women who are being uh, brought out of the um, sex trade. And so um, I'm going to ask her a few questions first just to kind of set a timeline. And so we're just going to go through some dates here. So Karen, when was the first time you committed your life to the Lord? Ooh, um, I was 19, and that was 1979. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and then, you, and then later you had a vision about becoming a missionary. So when do you think that happened? Okay, I was um, just such a baby, such a baby with Jesus. But there was just something about when I started learning about missionaries, there was just something about, I don't know, maybe it was so active to me. So like doing, doing Christianity, I guess, is how I felt about it. Because I didn't really know, you know. And I just knew that I knew that I wanted to be a missionary. That that maybe right I was away. right away, maybe six months to a year in. Okay, awesome. Yeah. And then you eventually did become a uh, missionary to Mexico, and you did all kinds of prep work here in, in town to do that. But when was the, the year that you actually guys first put foot in Mexico? It was August 99, so it's been 22 years ago. Okay. And that was uh, 20 years after you gave your life to the Lord. Okay. And then he gave you another vision, though, after that, because you worked with lots of local churches and helped them mature and started new churches. But God eventually gave you a vision to minister to these young women. And so when did that happen in your mind? Um, the year? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but um, about... Eight, yeah, about eight, about eight to ten years ago. I actually had had a bit of a vision be, uh, before that, but I didn't know how it would look. But I loved the ministry here um, for women that were being uh, abused, and they abused physically. And my uh, girlfriend of mine worked for the only home in the area that is totally hidden. Nobody knows where it is. And I just loved that ministry. And I thought, what a needed ministry this is in Mexico because – the people, now I know that it's the women and the men, but um, there was a lot of, lot of physical abuse. So that was the beginning of it. Okay. And then as I moved into the Guadalajara area, that was when human trafficking started to be an issue. It, it's been an issue a long time, but that's when I started hearing about it being an issue. And because of some things, that problems that I had had with sexual abuse when I grew up, being sexually abused. It just penetrated my heart more than anything had. So that was when my vision just sort of switched a little bit, and it was totally God who had brought that about. So it was very exciting. So, so then about how long between God captured your heart with that vision until you actually, because you, you submitted paperwork, and you found out that the people you thought were doing things weren't trustworthy, and so you had to start all over again. But how long do you, just roughly in years between your vision and the time that you actually started a home? 
Yeah, it was um, it was four years, okay. four years. So that's a, that's a long time, but um, you just learn how to wait on the Lord and trust in the Lord and keep moving forward no matter what. <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted to create that timeline in your mind, and we'll close out with some ideas about that. But just that you know, 20 years from the vision of being a missionary until you actually set foot in a, a foreign country to do the mission work, and then another four years from the time when the vision to have a home for young women, um, and then to uh, see it come to pass. So anyway, I'm going to give the rest of it to you, oh. Karen, and then I'll let you know when it's time and close that out, okay? Okay, All right, super, thank you. super. He does say women, but it's actually, I, I focus on uh, young girls, actually, that are, um, I take in girls that are 12 and under. And the reason is um, that mainly they're controlled by the cartel the human trafficking. And so we don't have any um, soldiers or police officers in our area uh, in, of Mexico that actually go into behind the canteen, the, the bars where the little girls are being held. And so that really is my heart to be able to enter, enter that world. And, and that hasn't happened yet because I'm not going to go in myself, obviously. So we are praying, and that can be part of your prayers, that we're praying for a team who will actually go in and rescue these little girls. I'm you. I'm talking infants, seriously, to 12 years old when they feel like they can put them out on the streets, and they're used 24/7s to gain money. And this, and it's growing so much because, you know, drugs you use it and they're gone. With with sex, it's a constant thing. It's you know replenishes itself and it, the money is just constant, constant stop. That's why it's growing so terribly across the world. That's why it's because the money just keeps, keeps flowing. But so my girls are, are, they're not from the canteens, but they are probably on their way there because most of them have been used for um, pornography or for, they were being trained up to be prostitutes in their homes to raise money. So it's all about money. It really is, and it is just really disgusting. And but I have to compartmentalize. <laughs> I have to put it aside. And my English has gotten really bad since I'm learning Spanish. <laughs> I have to put it in its own little box because if I didn't, then I'm going to be crying all the time and angry all the time and sad all the time. But God is amazing how He is just able to help me. Okay, that's there. Is it awful? Yes, but I don't feel awful. I still feel joyous in my walk with the Lord. I am happy with the kids. If I focus on what their trauma, their trauma is, that is disturbing, obviously. So he just gives me that ability to, to put it aside so I can do my ministry. But it's actually the government who um, brings the girls. They give me a phone call, and they say, do you have space for you know these sisters or this girl? She has been on the streets, and they've been using her. This little, this little girl for, for money. And the last year, I've, well, let's say last eight months, I've had to say, I have no space. I am full up. I have eight, and I'm saving four spaces because last um, fall and spring, uh, each girl has a psychologist, a lawyer, and a um, social worker. That's over her from her community, wherever she came from. And they, I think it was a spiritual thing, this all of a sudden, I'm getting along great with everybody in, in this government 
community, but there was a spiritual underlying thing, and wrongly, four girls have been taken out of the home, not placed with family. So that is such a need, too, of prayer is that, um, is that the government workers can work with me, and we can help these girls instead of taking them out and putting them into a place they don't know, they don't like, and they're very disturbed. So I've been my main thing this year is I'm working towards also having what's foster care. They didn't have that back in the day when I first started this four and a half years ago. So um, they, the state loves foster care because it's much more intimate. And so um, I think when I get back home this month, I can I have everything finished and I can go in and write down the names of these girls. And these are the four girls I want to have in my my section of it's a, it's a part of the home, but it's it's a little bit different because they'll have their own bedrooms. But um, anyway, just to say that that they're constantly calling me. It's a, it's a constant need. We need help. If anybody ever has a desire to come and just visit or to they have a vision in your mind. Um, you know what? Even if you have a vision in the mind to do anything, you can visit me because it helps you understand how to go from vision into walking it out. Because most people have desire, they want to work with the Lord, but they're not quite sure how to go about doing it. And it's different for every, every person. For us, we didn't go to Bible school and learn, learn, the, learn the steps, and um, I'm not quite sure why we took that path. But um, for us, it was we just really listened to the Lord and trusted him, and we, we began by helping in the ministry. And I know a lot of people don't want to do that. It's like, no, I, I, I want to do this ministry. <laughs> but it really is helpful if you have any desires is to help somebody else in the ministry because that way you can learn from them. You can learn how, you know, we, you can learn how, how what to do and you can learn how not what to do, which is very, very important also. <laughs> but it's really good to be able to help somebody else and learn from them and then grow into um, what your own personal vision is. So I just want to encourage you that to not be afraid, not be afraid to step out into somebody else's vision and, and see where God is going to put you in that. So I don't know exactly how much time I have, but um, I am just really working towards a new property because I have to say no all the time. So, uh, oh, yeah, lots of time. So um, <laughs> so um, I need a lot of prayer for that because um, these girls, I mean, how precious is one little boy there is because he has two sisters that are in the system. They're five and six. And it, this was during COVID and nobody would take new kids in. So I was just like, I am not splitting these kids up. But we're thanking the Lord because they have um, a couple from a Christian couple that are coming out and visiting us at least once, if not, not um, twice a week. And they too are working because I did it. Now they've learned to work towards foster care because they don't want to have a large orphanage. They, they want just these three little kids. So see how God just, just works things together like that. It's amazing. It amazes me at every step of the way. And so they shortly, probably in, in September, it'll be so hard to say goodbye to that baby after I've had him for a year and it'll be a year and three months. <laughs> but, you know, I know where he's going. I'll be able to see him and I know he'll be safe. And so that's how the Lord did that for me personally. And it's really, really difficult when they're just ripped away from us and we don't know where they are and, and if they're safe and if they're happy. But um, for these three little ones, I'm really excited for what God has done for their lives. So Gloria, the oldest one here, she was one of, one, one of the girls that was taken. 
and put into another home. And she had a cell phone just because, um, just for need, you know, and they didn't know it. And so she started uh, texting us and letting us know that the place was fine, but all she wanted to be is back with, they call me Mama Karen. I just want to be back with my mama. Because for her and her sister, it was the mom and the mom's boyfriend that were training her up to be a prostitute. And so she doesn't, in her mind, she doesn't have that biological mom. So I was her mama. And when they just came and took her out for no reason, not to be with her family, but just, it was a spiritual battle, seriously. She was just traumatized, more so than, than she could handle. And we have been training her to, obviously, and showing her how to rely on the Lord in prayer and in worship. But she was so traumatized that she couldn't even think, <laughs> you know, about that. So we just continued to um, encourage her in that, that she jumped over the wall and ran with a couple of other girls, and she was out there in this huge city of 7 million people. And, man, you can imagine that we were on our knees just praying for her safety. And um, she did contact us, and she's, I'm just coming home. I'm like, I want you to more than anything, but if you come to me, I have to contact the, the authorities so they could shut my doors and I would be finished. But to make a long story short, she, um, we talked her into turning herself into the state, and she is now, this is the way the government goes. She's just now in another orphanage. She doesn't know where she is. She's separated from her sister. And these are the things that these kids go through. So I'm encouraging if you have any desire to work with children in other countries. I mean, a lot of people don't think of Mexico as a mission field, but I'm telling you, it, it is a mission field. Because there's a lot of Christians, but there's not a lot of Christians that have resources or that have the capability or the know-how to, to step out into ministry. They have been, uh, been a country for many, many, many years that has just been pushed down and told what to do. And so that's why they, they love for us to come and help them, help them into ministry, help them um, disciple them in how to walk out into ministry. So, and that's what I'm doing also with my, my four helpers is that they're, they are all Mexican ladies who have just like, they have, I, I, I don't know what mission work is. I, and it's like, <laughs> so it's been really fun for me to not only take care of the girls, but to disciple them as well and to not be afraid to step out into what you think God is calling you to do. This is amazing. You know what? And if, if you hit a wall, so what? You've learned things along the way. You're pleasing the Lord God when you're doing things for him. So if you feel like you're stuck, I feel like somebody needs this. I feel like you're stuck and you have this desire and this vision and you want to move out. I'm just encourage you to move out. Take a tiny little step. You don't have to jump into going off to Iraq or going off to Mexico or going off to China. Begin something small and see what God does with it. Start with a phone call. Who is in this ministry? This is my vision. Who is in this ministry? Talk to them. Ask them how they got started. Because we are needed, people, brothers and sisters. <laughs> We're needed. Your hearts are needed. Your love is needed. Your hands are needed. So I just want to encourage you that before I close up and give it to Kurt. <laughs> okay. So can you just share with us what, I'm putting you on the spot here, but some of the needs are that mm -hmm. just either day to day and also are you still looking at expanding and different property? Can you just share a little bit about sure. that? Sure. 
Sure, definitely looking at uh, property. The one we're looking at right now is amazingly, it's over an acre. Um, there's a home there that has um, seven bedrooms as is. We have to move one tiny little wall in the kitchen. It's, so it's basically perfect. They just now dropped it to 240000 and it's, most houses in that area are so expensive. I mean, it's like, because I'm really close to a retirement community. And so the other piece of property we were looking at was 500000 So this one's 240000 um, We have about a hundred and, less than 150000 So we have a ways to go. <laughs> but, um, you know, your prayers and your donations really help a long way. And I could double the size of my ministry immediately without, adding any construction work whatsoever. So that is our biggest need right now. And the other need um, is, is for my heart to have, the, and for the girls, to have these four girls returned to where they want to be. I know for sure that these four girls want to be back with us. And that's, that's more of a spiritual need, but that's, um, for them, it's a physical need. It's a life need for them. So, yeah. The day-to-day uh, -day stuff that you deal with, like, because you have people that help with, I'm sure you have somebody who does nursing and somebody who cooks and somebody who helps out with their education and all those kinds of things. Is, is all that sort of covered right now? Or? Yes, we, ha we have a teacher, and she always would love to have help teaching English. If anybody wants to come down and teach English for a little while. <laughs> so that is really cool. We have our own little private school. So, yeah, I have to pay for her. And each girl has a psychologist, and we also have a psychologist that comes to the school at times, a Christian psychologist. And um, I have the four helpers that I need in the home. If I'm going to expand, though, I'm going to need a lot of extra helpers. So we are, as far as food, and I made sure before I even started taking enough money for land is that the, the kids are well-fed and they're well-dressed. And we could always use extra helpers no matter what. People that come in, my sister comes down. She doesn't speak Spanish, but she comes down and she does art things with them and dif different projects, because uh, that is not my area. But my creativity, it maybe is in dance while I'm worshiping the Lord, but it's not on paper. <laughs> so I need those types of helpers, those type of workers. Construction workers do, I mean, building something. It, the girls can do that if they have somebody to teach them. That would be fantastic, wouldn't it, Kurt? <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Well, we have, um, we have gone a couple times. We've had a couple teams go. And um, I'd say every time has been an eye-opening experience and refreshing, and uh, it just gives you a heart for more. So I encourage anybody, if uh, this excites your heart at all, to, to contact Karen. And I've got a couple things I want to say in closing. One is, is the timelines that we talked about at the beginning. If anybody here or is listening out there in Facebook land or Zoom land or whatever, or you hear this down the road sometime, uh, if God's given you a vision and it ain't happening, I think he does two things. He uses time and he uses our discipline and our hard work to grow us up to a place where we're mature enough to receive the vision. An infant, you wouldn't give an infant an, an automobile. They're not mature enough to handle it yet. If God gives you a vision, chances are you're not mature enough to handle it right now, but he'll grow you into that. And, I mean, the examples I can think of is I, th I think that any time you step out into ministry, uh, the enemy's going to say, hmm, you think you want to do something, huh? And he's going to step on your toes. He's going to push back. And he'll, there's, he's got plenty of people in government and 
and even leadership a lot of times that are uh, just not easy to deal with and um, and then people you think you can trust that turn out not to be, but, it, but you got to keep putting one step in front of the other and be perse- uh, perseverance about it and be disciplined about it. And that's what a di- disciple is all about, right? So uh, I wanted to say that. And then I also wanted to say in closing that um, our church gives to this ministry. Kama and I personally give to it. And I don't know if anybody else does or not. But if somebody wants to give to you, besides going to the church, they can give directly through. I think the easiest way is, if you want to write those down, it's our website. And it's the Treasure House MX, and that's for Mexico, dot com. And on there, you can follow through there in that. They'll show you how to um, send money through my covering, which is uh, Fire International in North Carolina. So that is the best way to support me. Or you can go to Fire International, but I, I want more people to visit the website. So I'd like you to go there. <laughs> TreasureHouseMX.com. Okay? So if you stumble onto some money, I highly recommend supporting this. Thanks, Karen, very much. <laughs>